Well, hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Todd Coconato Podcast, known as The Remnant. This is 22321's edition, Tuesday, and I thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, before we get started on the information and news I'd like to share today, I just want to thank all of you that really uh, gave me some great feedback as far as the podcast and the format, and you were very encouraging. I think you spoke some really real commentary, and I will definitely take note of everything you said, but I just want to say thank you so much. Most people were very kind and gave some really great feedback, and I truly appreciate you listening and being part of the Remnant Warriors, the 300, that's Gideon's 300, those that are willing to stand for righteousness in this late hour in our world. When things look like they're getting really, really dark, Well, they are. But the thing is, there is a bright light that shines, and that's from God's remnant church, the righteous remnant here in the United States and around the world that are willing to stand for the full Bible. Can you believe I actually saw that there's a denomination yesterday arguing whether some things in the Bible should be basically taken out? I mean, that's exactly what the Bible says not to do. Don't take out one single jot or one single tittle. Nothing. The entirety of the word of God is truth. And so why would somebody be arguing to take parts out? But that's what people are doing today. And so that's why we're the remnant. We're willing to stand for the full Bible. We're not going to change anything. And we believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That his word remains the same. His power remains the same. That he wants to move in our nation. He wants to move on our behalf. He's going to move on our behalf. I still believe that we're going to see a powerful move of God in the United States of America. I believe we are meant to be a Nineveh, meaning that we will turn from our sin and unrighteousness and that we will repent and turn back to our first love, Jesus Christ. And we're not going to be a Sodom and Gomorrah that is destroyed. I don't believe that. I am not going to speak that out. I'm going to speak life and believe that God does hear the prayers. All it takes is a righteous remnant, saints. All it takes is people that are willing to stand up and say no. And I believe the fiery darts of hell will not prevail. Uh, The gates of hell will not prevail. I believe that the Lord is on the throne. He's never left the throne. He's never stepped down for one single minute. And he is ultimately in control. He hears the prayers of the saints and he will move on our behalf. And I will speak that out. Trust me, I do believe God is working behind the scenes. I hear it in my prayer time. I tell you, there's so many people that write me and give me words of encouragement and say, this is what the Lord's speaking to me. And their words are in sync and in alignment with what God has been speaking to me also. And I just don't think that we're meant to be quitters. I don't think we're meant to give up. I don't think we're meant to just put our heads down and feel defeated. I know there are small defeats that we see like yesterday with the Supreme Court. And I'm going to read Linwood's statement in just a second, actually two statements that he made. But regardless of things like that, I think that we're meant to be pressing ahead and trusting God, not trusting some plan here on earth or some people that say they know some inside information. We don't need to know that because all we know is that God hears our prayers and that he is going to respond to the prayers of the righteous. And this is truly a season of testing, saints. This is truly a time where we, I mean, it's, it's really like no other time that I've seen in my lifetime where God is really testing his body to see who is willing to have faith and trust. And I'm so thankful to those that are willing to stand, that are willing to say, no, I'm not just going to walk into captivity. I'm not just going to, you know, give up and, and just say, okay, the devil's won. You know, he may win little battles here and there, but he's not going to win the war. We know that. We know what the Bible says. We know who we are in our identity in Jesus Christ. And so we're going to continue to stand and, and, and wake up and praise the Lord because this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. All right, let me read Lynn Wood's statement. This is Lynn Wood's full statement on the SCOTUS decision. And uh, he did say that the enemy won. But again, I believe he's talking about the battle because you'll see his later post. 
So Lynn says as follows. He says, I know many have been waiting on me to comment about the actions or inaction of the U.S. Supreme Court today, meaning yesterday, in the 2020 election cases. He says, I will not mince words. We, the people who seek honest elections conducted under the rule of law, lost. The enemy won. Having spoken that truth, uh, the dissenting opinion of Justice Clarence Thomas validates and confirms that the lawsuits pursued by Sidney Powell and me were based on legitimate issues of law. All accusations and proceedings seeking to penalize or discipline Sidney and I uh, should be terminated as we raise important issues in those cases recognized by Justice Thomas. I agree with his dissent. His rationale in the Pennsylvania case is directly on point with my Georgia case and Sydney's cases in Michigan and Wisconsin. But the, this legal battle is not about Sydney and I. It is about you and your right to rely on the rule of law, especially on the bedrock principle that we must have honest and legal elections. I remain very concerned about the breakdown of the rule of law in our country. I will not quit. As I have done in the past, so I will continue to do in the future. I will continue to exercise my right of free speech and my right to take lawful actions in courts and or administrative proceedings to recognize and reestablish the rule of law in America. Thank you for your support. Stay strong and keep hope alive. So that is uh, the statement from Lynn Wood regarding the Supreme Court decision on Monday uh, that they came out with basically saying they're not going to uh, listen to any of the cases uh, based on merit. So pretty, pretty sad uh, to hear that our Supreme Court, I mean, I did put out a post where I said it, it seems as though the Supreme Court is compromised. I mean, I don't understand why. I, mean, I think Justice Clarence Thomas, and uh, you know, in his dissent was exactly right. What, what is the problem about hearing the merit of the case? I mean, what damage would that have done? other than open a can of worms and maybe overturn the election, which apparently the Supreme Court has made it very abundantly clear they don't want anything to do with the elections, and apparently they don't want to uphold the law. I mean, you mean to tell me that those Supreme Court justices don't realize that there's at least probably 79 million disenfranchised people in the United States that are very upset about what just happened in the election, probably more than that? I just don't, I can't imagine that they don't know that and that they have not heard that from their neighbors and people in their life, family members. It's just unbelievable to me. Uh, all they have to do is simply go out in public and talk to somebody or a family member, friend, watch the news unless they all, maybe they just watch CNN and MSNBC. I don't know, but I just find it so hard to believe that all of us can see so clearly what just happened in our election. And, and it just, it, every day it's still just, blows my mind how many people are just willing to just move forward like nothing happened or, or second guess themselves and their better judgment and their discernment. You know, so many people say, well, maybe, maybe there really wasn't fraud. Really? Really? Because all you have to do is maybe spend an hour or so investigating. You don't really have to spend a lot of time. I mean, just watch Mike Lindell's docufilm, right? Just go to the, the websites that we've put up, you know, where, where it's all people have taken hours and hours and days and days to you know, lay it all out so it's really easy for anybody to see. Yeah, you know, when they had, I was talking about this yesterday, but when they had the Russian collusion delusion uh, narrative, you know, when they had that accusation against President Trump and they said he was a stooge of Russia, do you remember any website? I don't remember any website, and I'm an investigative journalist. Anything that laid out all the evidence of President Trump and his collusion with Russia, all the, you know, people like, did anybody do, uh, you know, like, like Mike Lindell, where there was a, 
a business owner that just took it on his own, uh, you know, finances to go and put a, a docufilm together just to prove what President Trump did. I mean, there was left leaning. Of course, they have Hollywood and the elites. They tried to make some uh, some cases, but but nothing that they could bring forth would ever stick. I mean, at the end of the day, all they really had was Russia paid for some Facebook ads. I mean, even the Russian companies that Mueller tried to go after, nothing ended up happening with that. You know, those Russian businessmen, nothing stuck. All the all the charges from the special counsel during the Russia probe, none of them were Russia related. They were all other charges that had nothing to do with Russia. So they spent, what, three years on that? Millions of dollars of investigation of American taxpayer dollars. Uh, how many times that CNN and MSNBC and all those fake news outlets, those propaganda outlets, night after night, after night, after night, after night, after night. And and I didn't see anybody writing the FCC saying they need to take, you know, MSNBC down like, like the left is now doing with Newsmax and Fox News and OAN. That's what they're doing. Did you see my post yesterday? They're literally trying to get the FCC and the FCC chairman wrote back and it was like, yeah, sorry, that's not going to happen. But again, this is a Trump guy. Uh, you know, I think he was appointed during the Trump administration. So it would be interesting to see if Biden replaces this person. I don't know. I'm sure they don't like the uh, the response that he gave. And again, I have to look in. I'm not even sure that he was appointed by Trump, but he just he re- he responded in a way that's like this is unconstitutional. You're you're literally saying that you want to now limit free speech in America and that there can't be any dissenting voices. So, I mean, you know, I just figured, I just want to make this clear. I just figured he must have been a Trump appointee because he was standing up for the rule of law and the Constitution. Uh, But maybe he wasn't. I don't know. Because even some of the old school Democrats, you know, when there were actual real liberals, not like the liberals of today, which are leftist communists, but even real liberals like Kennedy Democrat, they would have stood up for, uh, you know, the rule of law and the Constitution and freedom of speech. It's unbelievable. They're trying to shut down the dissenting voices and they're doing this in, in the podcast and radio world as well. That's why I have so much, you know, people know about this podcast and they attack it. And they, there's actually this website that they're putting together. One of the listeners sent to me, I thought it was just appalling where people can just put anybody's name and information. Like, let's say their neighbor voted for Trump or their family member. They can go ahead and submit this person's name. So they're put on some list and all Trump supporters are, 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 are basically um, going to be listed on there as, as dissidents, you know, as, as uh, insurrectionists. <laughs> so sick. But this is what they did in Germany before Hitler, as the rise of Hitler happened. This is what they did in Stalin, Russia, you know, and they, Stalin, and uh, in, in Mao, Zedong, China, and uh, so many other places where communism rose. And so it's very alarming. It's very alarming to see what's happening here. And that our Supreme Court has their, either their heads are buried in the sand or they're being threatened. And there's a very good possibility that they're being threatened or bribed or extorted. Uh, We saw what happened with Justice Scalia. I still don't believe that he was uh, just, you know, that nothing happened there. I think that he could have been murdered. Uh, There's a lot more uh, evidence that, you know, would point us in that direction. It was just a very, very strange way that he died. Um, I investigated a little bit uh, during that time period, actually quite extensively, and found that there was some there there. And I know a lot of people uh, agree with me on that. But, you know, again, nothing conclusive to where we can say beyond a shadow of doubt that's what happened. But it was a very fishy situation. And uh, I think some of these justices may be scared for their lives. I mean, that's an excuse, at least. At least there's a reason and that they're not just communist sympathizers. Uh, but you know, I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. I did hear, by the way, and I think this is worth reporting 
that there was an assassination attempt on President Trump in around the December time period. And uh, that would kind of uh, make sense if you see uh, kind of how President Trump went a little bit quiet during the December of, uh, you know, last year, uh, right over the holidays. So, you know, there's always things that we don't know about behind the scenes. I remember there was an assassination attempt on President Trump when he was in Europe uh, about a year or so ago, and the mainstream media said nothing about it. In fact, they were criticizing him for not attending an event when there was credible evidence that there could be a plot against him for his, uh, you know, for, against his life. And uh, the media just reported on it like, well, President Trump didn't show up. And, what, you know, why didn't he show up? They, they never say anything positive about the president. Um, and unfortunately, he got the worst media coverage ever. But I know for a fact there was there was several uh, attempts on the president's life during his administration. And so, uh, you know, we never know what's going on behind the scenes, uh, things that maybe we don't know uh, that we may never know, or maybe it'll be released 30 or 40 years from now, who knows. But we need to continue to fight for our republic, and we can't let these things like what happened in the Supreme Court yesterday get us down. We have to continue to march ahead because we know that ultimately God is, 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 is hearing our prayers, and I believe that he will make a way when there is no way. We, we look at what he did uh, when he parted the Red Sea. Uh, we look at what he's done so many other times in the Word of God where he protects his people, he brings them from glory to glory, and he makes a way where it seems as though there is no other way. He is the way maker, right? And that's why we sing that very song, uh, because he is the way maker. And so I want to read uh, from rmntnews.com. You can go to www.rmntnews.com if you want to follow along. And one of the stories that we put up today, uh, which I think is an important one, is about HR1. And we're saying it's the most dangerous bill that we could have seen uh, brought forth yet. If this passes, this is going to be a major problem. Uh, so the question is, do you know what's happening in Congress uh, that could and well end the republic as we know it? These are the words of Dr. Jim Garlow, who's a friend of mine. He says, you need to know. So I'm going to read this because I think everybody needs to understand what HR1, it's H.R.1. And uh, let me read this. So conservatives are united, thank God, in opposing HR1 to attempt by, uh, it's the attempt by the House and Senate Democrats to fundamentally undermine the American electoral system. We further oppose any effort to modify budget re reconciliation rules to pass this legislation. Uh, while they cloak the bill in terms of restoring democracy, they always name it in, in some, you know, the restoring democracy bill and preventing corruption. Meanwhile, it's all about corruption. Uh, the legislation has one goal to protect the incumbents at the expense of the First Amendment, federalism and individual voter integrity. H.R. 1 undermines the First Amendment. H.R. 1 undoes key Supreme Court cases that protect elections fundamental to free speech. It would allow the Federal Election Commission to track and catalog more of what Americans are saying, register even very small political donations, and make public those who donate to different charitable and nonprofit organizations. That's very scary. Uh, the legislation will subject private citizens to intimidation and harassment for their private and political beliefs far broader than what has been done with the IRS targeting scandal in 2013. So I'm going to stop right here. Friends, this is very scary. Um, what we're seeing that the Democrats are doing in the United States of America is exactly what they've done in these communist countries that is going after free speech. It's going after uh, freedom of religion. It's going after our individual rights. It's going after our constitutional rights. I mean, this is like, 
this is intimidation. This is they want to be able to come after guys like me and say, hey, this guy's got a podcast or a radio show. This guy's got a ministry and he supports these causes or he stands for these uh, principles. And, and they want to make it in the public square so that people harass me more so than they're doing right now, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, they want people to come to your house and basically pull you out. I mean, I hate to tell you that I'm just going to be honest with you guys. That's what they want. They, they want people to, to put your life in, in jeopardy. And it's already, I mean, we've already dealt with so much during the election cycle that I can't even share publicly. I mean, honestly, there's been times when a, as a husband and a, and a father, I have to really sit back and say, am I meant to do this? And that's why I tell you guys it's a high cost. I'm not here to toot my own horn, but I'm just telling you. I mean, it's, it's far more than I can say publicly. And so when I read things like this, I think, oh my gosh, what is happening in our country? This is why we're standing, friends. This is why, I mean, what is our choice? Not to stand? What is our choice? Just to let this stuff happen and not say anything about it and then wind up in this communist country? Because that's where we're headed if we don't pray. That's where we're headed if God doesn't intervene. That's why I'm standing. I, that's why I still can't believe that more people are not standing. I mean, thank God for you, righteous remnant, you know, warriors and uh, 300 members that are willing to stand. But I just can't, it blows my mind that so many are just acting as if it's business as usual. And I'm reading these these propos- you know, proposed laws, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. HR1 reasserts the ability of the federal government to micromanage state elections through a process known as pre-clearance. Pre-clearance, which was previously previously overturned by the Supreme Court. You know, I love how they wait for a little while and then put it right back in as if nothing ever happened, even though it was overturned before. Requires states to get permission from federal government for changes as small as modifying the hours of the election office or moving a uh, voting location from a school gym to a library. Critically, uh, none of these practices would undo any fraud or corruption. Rather, these same practices result in incorrect registrations and inaccurate voter data while uh, failing to address the actual corrupt practices like ballot harvesting. Moreover, uh, they are all designed to eliminate the federalism that keeps elections transparent, local, and fair. HR1 attacks individual voter integrity. America was founded on the principle of one person, one vote. HR1 turns this on its head by weaponizing every aspect of the political regulatory system. The Federal Election Commission, which is currently a neutral body, would be given a 3-2 makeup guaranteeing a partisan outcome with little accountability towards the actual votes which are cast. HR1 also includes a 600% government match for political donations. What? And authorizes even more public dollars to campaigns. Well, we know that's going to go to the Democrats, obviously. Uh, The bill wants to make Election Day a new paid holiday for government workers with uh, additional paid vacation given to bureaucrats to oversee the polls. (laughs) Oh, man. All these changes are designed to distance the outcome of the election from those casting their votes. H.R. 1 would also implement the following changes. Forces states to implement mandatory voter registration, removing civic participation as a voluntary choice, and increasing chances for error. It mandates that states allow felons to vote. Forces states to extend periods of early voting which has been shown to have no effect on turnout. Mandates same-day voter registration, which encourages voter fraud. Limits the ability of states to cooperate to see who is registered in multiple states at the same time. Why would they want to limit that? Makes no sense. Prohibits election observers from cooperating with election officials to file formal challenges to suspicious voter registrations. Well, why would they not want that? It criminalizes protected political speech by making it a crime to discourage someone from voting. 
bars states from making their own laws about voting by mail, prohibits chief election officials in each state from participating in federal election campaigns. And by the way, I want to just go back to that voting by mail. What that means is, is that the red states that have been fighting it will have to go along with the federal mandate. And we know that's going to be vote by mail because that's what gets them the most fraud. <sighs> Mandates the states to adopt new redistricting commissions. Well, that's going to go against us as well. 16-year-olds will be allowed to vote while in school. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong there, right? Uh, do we want uni unionized teachers to now guide our youth to the ballot box? Well, that's what will be happening. No photo ID will be required. Of course not, because that disenfranchises people, right? You don't need a photo ID. Someone else may vote for you. Oh, okay. So somebody else is going to be allowed to vote for us now. Criminalizes any individual if elected official is told they will be primaried. So you can't... <laughs> what? Oh, I have to laugh for a second here because it's just so crazy. It's just so crazy. If they vote or do not vote for particular bills. So we can't tell them they'll be primaried. Can't tell them that. They can't be held accountable by the people. It's not like we're their boss or anything. Uh, this will be classified as a threat criminalization if you ask individuals voting if they are American citizens. It's criminal to ask if you're an American citizen voting in our election systems. Ballot harvesting is allowed. States not allowed to clear individuals of their, off their voting rolls if they move out of state. So, yeah, why would you want to do that, right? I mean, no reason for that. HR1 would cause sweeping and irrevocable damage to free speech privacy, and voting integrity that are central components to free and fair elections in America. We oppose H.R. 1 in the strongest term and urge all conservatives to do likewise. Please contact your congressman and let them know that you do not want H.R. 1 to be put into law. All right. Well, that is another crazy bill that the Democrats are pulling forward. So um, we'll have to follow that. And uh, again, I do urge you to reach out to your uh, congressman, congresswoman, and let them know that you are opposed to that bill as a citizen. I know people say, do they listen to us? Do they care? Well, if enough people call, hopefully they'll see that we're greatly opposed to it. Uh, because again, it would be illegal for you to say that you're going to primary them. <laughs> That's a criminal threat if this bill passes. Imagine this. I mean, this is unbelievable. I have to say, what are the people that have fought for our country in, in you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Vietnam, Korea, and those that are alive still from World War II? I mean, I just can't imagine what they feel like uh, seeing some of these things that the Biden administration, uh, the Biden quote-unquote administration, I refuse to call them an administration. I refuse to call him President Biden. I don't believe he's president of the United States. I believe he's illegitimate. We're going to get to that in just a minute, but I just want to talk about one more thing here. Uh, Biden administration, quote-unquote, uh, reportedly plans to dismantle ICE. I remember a certain President Trump saying that exact thing, and people said, well, that won't happen. Well, he's now looking to abolish ICE, exactly what President Trump said. All the things that President Trump said are apparently uh, coming true right before our eyes. And I think this is waking up more people. Now, here's the thing about this all. I've been praying about this, thinking about this over the last 24 hours with the very uh, disturbing situation that came out of the Supreme Court where they were not willing to see any of these cases and let them play out based on merit, uh, but instead just kicked them out and basically said they're moot. They're moot at this point. Um, here's the thing is, is that again, President Trump, I, I still believe, and I, people say, well, do you believe President Trump's going to be president again? I, I don't know. I don't know about that, but I do believe he's a master chess player. And I, it's just very hard for me to believe that he was outmaneuvered here and that the deep state was just so deeply entrenched that they, he just completely got outplayed. 
I feel like President Trump has set up a series of bombs, if you will, not not physical bombs, but uh, situations that will come up and that will eventually expose the deep state and the corruption. I don't exactly know how it's going to play out, but I believe he's orchestrated this in a way that uh, it will play out. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about yesterday and again today is is this whole Russian collusion delusion and how you know the Democrats had a special counsel in Robert Mueller. And, uh, you know, everything that we saw happen to President Trump is basically happening to Biden, except it's not being uh, echoed by the mainstream news. So you're not hearing the daily reporting on, you know, what Mueller did. You heard every single move, every single day. It was like, he's going to get him. He's going to get him. Trump's going to be impeached, blah, 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 blah. Well, with Biden, you're not going to hear that from the mainstream news because they're propaganda. And so they're not going to tell you that. Biden is being investigated, that his son is being investigated, that uh, all the things that happened with the Russian collusion delusion are being investigated, that there's this probe going on from a special counsel, uh, you know, and, and his name is John Durham. Uh, you're not going to hear any of that because they just want you to feel like that's not even happening. So it's completely different uh, reporting, but it's actually the same thing that happened during the Trump administration, only now it's China is really the Russia. So China actually did interfere in our elections. There is a real investigation going on with uh, John Durham and his associates, and they are uh, interviewing people. They are uh, putting together this criminal probe, and I believe he may even be done already with his investigation, and I believe they may be sitting on it for the right time, uh, maybe for a knockout blow. You know, it could very well be, because this is serious stuff. I mean, if there, this man, John Durham, and when we looked at his background, he's got a pretty good background. If this man's been out there looking for, you know, smoking gun evidence, and he's been uh, researching for months and months here, and he's talked to all these key players involved in the FISA abuse scandal and the corruption that was involved with the uh, unmasking of uh, American citizens and the spying on the Trump campaign and the fake uh, dossier, uh, you know, paid for by opposition research, uh, you know, the Clinton campaign paid for it. Uh, and so all the different things that you can talk about with that whole scenario. And then you go into the Ukraine and the Biden family and the corruption there. And then you go into the Chinese involvement with Hunter Biden and the laptop and on and on and on things that just are never spoken about and, but, but are real. And and you think about all these things and you think, man, if this man couldn't find any evidence, I mean, I can find evidence on my own computer right now. I mean, I have websites that you can go on and look at the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, literally. So it's just, I mean, you know, you have to believe that this man has found smoking gun evidence. And so, you know, then you think, well, what are they waiting for? And maybe it's a timing thing. And uh, with this uh, Merrick Garland that's now being, I guess, appointed as the AG here, uh, this is going to be an issue because he's going to want to get rid of uh, the Durham probe right away. He's going to want to fire Durham. So they, it's really a timing issue. They have to, uh, if they're going to do anything here, they got to do it soon. And so we're going to have to see because people say, well, what now? Well, what now would be a major what now would be Durham. Uh, but again, if Durham f fails, there's still other things that could happen, like with the military. You know, I was talking with somebody in the military, and I've been talking with a lot of people in the military, actually. Now, the, these are just normal conversations. It's nothing classified. So, uh, you know, if anybody's listening, don't worry, I'm not getting classified information. But they were saying that, you know, they believe that the military also observed the elections. They, they believe that there are elements within our government that saw the packets going back and forth uh, from these foreign entities where there was foreign interference in the election. So they can't imagine 
that the military didn't see this. They can't imagine that. And I think General McMurray also uh, said this recently on a podcast. So it's out there in the public arena. But the thing is, is that, so you got the fact that the, so why isn't the military responding or reacting? Are they waiting? I mean, because they know there was foreign interference. I mean, unless they just don't have any type of intel. I mean, basically, because even private uh, citizens were able to observe this, that there was these foreign entities in our election systems, uh, Iran and, uh, you know, involvement with Venezuela, Italy, China, and other countries. So, um, you know, these private people have been able to identify this. And so it's pretty amazing to me that the U.S. military wouldn't be able to identify it, the NSA and others. Uh, you have to believe that CISA and these different agencies did see what just happened and did see there was foreign interference. Foreign interference. So you got that and, and the military that may be sitting on this. You got the Durham probe. Um, there are other things that could happen, folks. So I just want you to know, our job is not to worry about the hows. We can't, if we get caught up in the hows and get depressed every time something doesn't go our way, then that is going to be our downfall. We have to continue to believe that God has a solution here. And I'm going to read, uh, again, I did it yesterday, I'm going to read again uh, some scriptures that I believe will coincide with what I'm saying right now, that what has been done in darkness will be brought to the light. So let me read a couple here. Ye are the father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him, no truth. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. That's John 8, 44 through 45. Another one says, nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's Romans 8, 37. We are more than conquerors. Amen. Isaiah 43, 19, it says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of welfare, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. In the book of John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Here's one, Isaiah 43, 16. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in mighty waters. Hallelujah. I believe that God is making a way where there is no way, friends. I believe that it looks like things are hopeless, but if you look at it through the eyes of God's word, who he is, his promises to us, I believe that we will have a powerful move of God in this generation. We will see a powerful revival in the United States. People will be dancing in the streets, not only here, but in the, in, in the rest of the world when they see what God has done and the miracle that God has performed. God is a God of hope. God is a God of love and restoration. He will make a way, friends, just as the scripture says. I know I talk about dancing in the streets a lot because I, I hear that vision. That is a vision that the Lord gave me. And he says it will happen where people, and I've seen that in our lifetime where people did dance in the streets, but I believe it's going to happen globally where people are going to be dancing in the streets at what God has just done because he's freed us from captivity. We are looking at a very treacherous, dark, demonic regime that is uh, currently occupying 
what appears to be the White House. Whether they're there or not, we don't know. But the thing is, is that it appears that this administration has taken over control of the United States of America and things are very dark. And listen, if that is our fate and our destiny, we will walk through it as children of the light and we will still thrive. But I believe I'm not ready to just take that as our fate just yet. I think that, uh, you know, we still are meant to pray this through. And, and, you know, listen, I was all prepared. I've said this many times to just accept the election results on, uh, was it <laughs> November 3rd, you know, and, and that was going to be it. We prayed it through and that was the election and that was it. But then we saw something that we probably didn't anticipate. And that was the greatest fraud and theft in American history. And in our generation where there was something that very nefariously happened, it was unbelievable what's just taken place. And so for me, I just can't uh, let this down yet as somebody who is a prayer warrior that's meant to contend for the United States of America. I just can't say, hey, I'm just going to walk away and just say, okay, and accept this as our fate and move forward into captivity. Not not now, not yet. Uh, if God changes my heart at some point, uh, you know, and he says, Todd, you got to accept this. this is where we are right now. And, uh, you know, you start, you have to start learning how to live in this captivity. And listen, that is, there is historic precedent for that. It happened for the children of Israel where they had to learn to live in captivity and then pray for God to deliver them. So if God moves us that direction in the next couple of months here, of course, we'll go. We're not, we're not going to be prideful. We're not going to be uh, foolish and, and not listen to the word of the Lord. But in my prayer time, and many of you have agreed with me on this, in my prayer time, I don't feel that we're meant to do that just yet. I don't feel we're meant to give up. I feel like we're meant to contend and to pray for a breakthrough and to pray for something that we maybe not, uh, in the natural, we can't see, but in the supernatural can still happen where there's an expose of the criminal activity and the things that just happened that somehow it is exposed for the whole world to see and that people will see what just happened and that there will be uh, justice here on earth, not just in heaven, but here on earth. And the Bible does say what's bound on earth is bound in heaven. What's loose on earth is loose in heaven. So we're believing, uh, we're loosing the, the righteous judgment. Uh, in other words, an expose of criminality and what has taken place in the United States of America, that the American people will not have to live in captivity, that we will not have, that we will see a great revival and move of God, that we will not have to succumb to these very wicked uh, rules and agendas. And, and like I read that HR1, uh, just scary stuff. We don't want that for our children. And so we're saying no in the name of Jesus. And we're declaring and decreeing that the Lord will move on our behalf as we repent. We have to repent. And, and, you know, there has been some element of repentance, but maybe the Lord is still waiting because not enough of the church has repented. We have to repent, saints. We can't go back to business as usual ever again. There's a lot of people that are trying to live as business as usual right now in the middle of this situation. I see some churches that are just going on like nothing's even happened, like nothing's even changed. They're not talking about any of this wicked stuff. They're not exposing any of it. They're not talking about any of it. They're just pretending like it's just, you know, normal life. I mean, just regular situation. You know, everyone's coming in with the masks and all socially distanced and they're having the regular services with the fog machines and, you know, don't get me started, okay? Don't get me started. But, but for those of us that are awake, for those of us that are praying for discernment and wisdom and operating in the Holy Spirit, we know something is definitely not right and I believe we're meant to contend and we're meant to pray and continue to pray that the Lord moves on our behalf. So thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. I appreciate you. Um, you know, you, listen, I know that you are paying a high cost too for being prayer warriors. I know that you're probably going through some spiritual warfare and uh, I'm praying for you. My wife's praying for you. Our family's praying for you. Uh, we're standing with you. I'm thanking you for being remnant warriors. Uh, you are truly a blessing to us. Uh, thank you for your voice. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for being willing to stand. It just means the world 
because uh, there is such a need for people that are willing to stand right now in America, I'll tell you. And so I bless you guys. Uh, if you're able to help support this broadcast, it's a huge help to us in the ministry. Uh, we are David versus Goliath. You can go to toddcoconato.com slash give, uh, toddcoconato.com slash give. That's C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com slash give. And uh, we appreciate your support. You can go to my website, toddcoconato.com. You can also listen to the podcast there. And we are doing many, many things right now. We're working on so many different projects, so many different things to continue to speak freely, to build apps, to uh, have the Remnant Podcast Network, to do things in our local community. I mean, we are very, very busy. Uh, but I believe God is going to reward those that are willing to stand in this hour and give us uh, a fresh fire, hallelujah, fresh fire and uh, an anointing to be uh, set apart as Nazarites, you know, set apart in holiness and purity and righteousness uh, to stand for the full Bible and the full gospel in this very important hour. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow.